Golden Tate has stirred up some drama this week. What was the reaction from Joe Judge? Daniel Jones has struggled. Is it soon time to bench him? We will preview the Giants matchup against the Washington football team and make our predictions. Also, my old teammate, safety, punt returner, and Super Bowl 46 champion, Will Blackman joins the show. All that and more next on Blue Rush from the New York Post. Welcome back to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your pods. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon. You're using Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review. You can catch the show twice a week. Your host of Blue Rush are the Giants' longtime beat writer, Paul Schwartz, and two-time Giants Super Bowl champion, kicker Lawrence Times. You can follow the guys on Twitter at LT4Kicks and NYPost underscore Schwartz. In the second half of the show, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl 46 champion, that is, Will Blackman, will join us. But first, it's time to dive in the paper this week. And we'll start with the news that's buzzing all over Giants land, and that is Golden Tate, guys. He stirred up some drama Monday night when he was seen on the camera after making his first catch, yelling in the Giants' direction of the sideline, saying, throw me the damn ball. Then when he caught the touchdown, he was saying, throw me the ball again. His wife, Elise, went on a rant on Instagram that she later deleted, essentially saying that they need to feed her husband the ball. Showtime Tate, Mrs. Showtime Tate. Uh, Tate was told to stay home from the Giants' walkthrough Wednesday. Joe Judge said he'll be back in the building. Practicing the rest of the week, guys, and the Giants claimed Dante Pettis, the receiver, off waivers. Let's start with you, LT. What do you think of Tate's actions and his wife's rant? Well, you know, losing affects the whole family, right? It's not just the guys in the locker room, but when you're losing football games, it affects your your wife, your kids. DJ Lughead, everybody's upset. No one's happy. And obviously, Mrs. Tate went to social media, which is kind of the cool thing to do nowadays. You, you go to social media and rant, and people read it. But unfortunately, it kind of sheds a bad light on golden and then i was more surprised by the way he was disciplined i have never heard of a coach to tell a player to stay home i i just for me i'm trying to think back i don't think that's ever happened during my career so i think you know there's something else here and and i have noticed golden tate just does throw his arms up a lot when he's open and doesn't get the football which is kind of a no-no in football world i mean you're you're showing up your quarterback at that point very very interesting i think the way joe judge handled it so we'll see maybe i mean is he trying to get out of town kind of sounds like it to me too late for that the trading deadline is over i i think sure. there's no question look golden tate came here and said he thinks the giants are an ascending team wants to kind of get to a super bowl that kind of stuff obviously he's not getting anywhere near a super bowl unless he buys a ticket right so uh that, <laughs> right. That, you know that that's not happening uh look the jets guys jamal adams Le'Veon bell you want out you go on social media cause a stink Enough, you get rid of you. So I think, you know, this was like that kind of stuff light. You know what I mean? His wife yeah. putting it out there. And and look, Joe Judge was, when when something like this happens, there's two ways to look at it. Sometimes you say, ah, oh, look, this is a first-year head coach. They're running all over him. I agree with you, Lawrence. This was the opposite. Joe Judge said, first of all, it has to be team first for everyone in the building. That's coach every player. There were no exceptions for that. I'm not going to tolerate and put up with any kind of selfish 
behavior from anybody. And now when you're asked to stay home, I would think you don't get paid for that day. That's what I would think. You know, so I think that they took some money from them. It was a walkthrough on Wednesday. You can miss it. Okay. So I, you know, this was, this was, I think everyone's going to look at this and say, boy, Joe Judge is first year head coach. He kind of rose above this. Look, Golden Tate in a few years, very few people are going to remember he even played for the Giants. Believe me, he's going to be here right. today, gone tomorrow. And one other thing, I remember this happening with Eli Manning when Jeremy Shockey would have put his hands up and we'd all go to a young Eli Manning and say, come on, Eli, this tight end is going crazy out there. Aren't you going to do anything? Eli's like, no, you know, Lawrence, right? Eli never nope. put anybody in his place, certainly not in public and like that. To do this to Daniel Jones, right? A second year guy who's struggling. That tells me a lot about Golden Tate. It's a f- joke yeah it does and kind of i don't know if that's been his mo i don't know the guy personally but just his body language on the field to me uh doesn't come off as a team guy i could be wrong but obviously there's some some smoke there because uh he just got told to stay home like i said i've never heard of that and they he definitely got fined he he definitely got a fine Uh, obviously not a Maybe not a huge one, but the social media thing is, you know, kind of where everyone goes to vent nowadays. And and by the way, if I would be advising Golden Tate, throw me the damn ball was used by a much better receiver named Keyshawn Johnson. Okay, so, <laughs> right. so if you're going to yell something into the camera, be a little more inventive. That's would my be great point. my advice to him. Guys, quickly, anything on Pettis? Do you think he gets a chance to play anytime soon? I mean, he had some success. He is an NFL receiver. What do you think about Pettis? He had a good rookie year. I mean, he had a good start, but I, so, somehow he's fallen into the doghouse the last two seasons, but he's a a punt returner, not much of a kick returner. He was a second-round pick. I mean, he's young. Take a flyer. This team's kind of in rebuild mode. I mean, you might might find something here. Yeah, not this week because you got to go through the protocols and all this other stuff. But look, they got a lot of young receivers. You're much older than me, Paul. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and, and and as we know, they're not featuring Golden Tate. So <laughs> they yeah. want to throw to Shepard. They want to throw to Slayton. And then it's like, come one, come all. There's a lot of job openings for this team in 2021. Guys, Daniel Jones has 13 turnovers in eight games so far this season. He's coming off a game where his poor play cost the Giants a chance to beat the Bucks. If Jones struggles again Sunday and the Giants lose again, should Joe Judge consider putting in Colt McCoy? Rubbish. Well, okay. Here, first of all, there's a couple of things that are that are that you got to unwind there when you say blah 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 Daniel Jones, and then you say should the Giants consider putting in, and then it's like Colt McCoy. It's like oh rubbish. I <laughs> no, I guess no no offense to Colt McCoy, but nobody wants to see Colt McCoy play over Daniel Jones. So interestingly, you know, Sarah, it's a good. It's obviously. It's a question you got to ask. And uh, Daniel Jones was asked about this. You worried about your job. Joe Judge was asked about this. This week when he was asked, do you think Daniel Jones, if struggling like this, it would benefit him? It wasn't like you want to bench the bum. It was like, do you think he would benefit from sitting a game and looking and learning and kind of taking a timeout? And Joe Judge, who can give monstrously long answers, looked right into that Zoom camera, Sarah, and said one word, and he was not smiling. No, no, that's the answer. No. You know, I kind of, I've wrestled with this as the emotion of a fan, right? Our immediate reaction is, and I've said it too to myself, is let's bench him. Let's uh, let's put Colt McCoy in. And I think maybe even I said there might be whispers of Colt McCoy this week. But when you think about it in more retrospect, it, it does us no good as an organization for Daniel Jones to ever sit unless he's hurt. So I think these next eight games... All we want to see 
And I don't even know if the wins and losses have to add up, but I really think we have to see more mature football. Is that the right word I can use? Like make smarter decisions. Listen, we'll take a pick if it's a, you know, a great play by the corner or something like that, but let's just eliminate the stupid decision-making and some of the staying in the pocket too long, taking shots, fumbling the football, which I think he has improved on some degree. But what I'll say is, no, you don't bench him. You got to let this guy play. The more times he's out there, and listen, we're playing the Redskins. He's 3-0 and against them. So I know it's a different team every time he plays them, but he's going to be comfortable against this this team. And and look, with, with, with Daniel Jones, the turnovers, as you said, that's the main thing. And what do we need to see from young players all the time? There's a couple of truths about young players. Number one, they always make mistakes, right? Always. Yeah. How do they respond to those? And what do you, I've heard coaches for 30 years say it. Well, he makes the mistake, but he doesn't make the same mistake again. Okay. So this is a big thing with Daniel. Daniel said this week, I have to do a better job of understanding when the play is over, when it's not there. Lawrence, you remember, I guess it was probably after you left when Eli was kind of in on the downturn and and when McAdoo was there and they taught him, if it's not there, throw it in the ground or throw it away. And so Eli, a lot of times on third and seven, look, pressure, throw it in the ground and trot off the field. It's better than a yeah. turnover, right? It is. Turnover. It is. And, you know, I I, I kind of look back on some numbers and it's, it's the state of the league now, right? These young guys that have been so successful, we're comparing Daniel Jones to Patrick Mahomes and some of these other young superstars, Deshaun Watson. And is that fair? I guess it sort of is, but those guys are kind of the outliers. I mean, those are two superstar players that started off high and came in and tore the league up early. So everyone's going to be judged on what Mahomes is doing. Guys, to close on that real quick, remember Colt McCoy has been in the league a decade, so he isn't a bum. And if, if Jones throws a couple picks in the first half and the Giants are getting crushed, maybe we see Colt McCoy in the second half. That would not Jake, he's another B word, backup. He's a, <laughs> not a bum. He's a backup. What do they do? They back up the starting quarterback. These yeah. these last eight games are precious commodities. These are precious games. Yeah, these are these are important for Daniel Jones in this organization. Let's be, let's you know we we're not going to the playoffs, but we can evaluate. These next eight games are really really big for him. If Justin Fields is sitting there at number two and the Giants are taking number two, you have to know every ounce of information about Daniel Jones before yeah. making that call. That's all there is to it. And these eight games are going to be, you know, no pressure on p- wins and losses, but a lot of pressure to pick it up and play better. I'm sorry, oh, yeah. Colt McCoy. I, I tried my best. Guys, a pretty wild story following Monday night's game. Logan Ryan's wife was experiencing stomach pain, and Giants trainers told her, go to the ER. She wanted to just take Tums, um, which I, I do a few times a week, but she she, they, she was told to go to ER by trainers, and she found that she was pregnant despite having a fully functioning IUD. She was required emergency surgery when she found that the pregnancy was ectopic and had implanted in her fallopian tube. The surgery was successful, and she's currently recovering in Florida. Paul, this is a wild story. And uh, luckily, the Giants trainers gave her some good advice. Well, you know, this is, you know, Lawrence always says, uh, you know, everyone looks at the quarterback and the pass rusher and DJ Lughead, I guess sometimes the kicker. It's an organization, right? It's an organization from top to bottom and the guys who clean up your socks and the guys who make your lunch and, you know, and, and, and the star quarterback. It's all part of a group. Now, this was a scary situation. It's Logan Ryan said it's one o'clock in the morning after the Monday night game. He is sore and, you know, tired, upset they lost. His wife, Ashley, 
had flown back to Florida because he said we knew Florida was an important state to vote in. So she flies back to Florida. She wasn't feeling good. Speaks to her. Uh, it speaks to him. One o'clock. OK, I'm going to be OK. Uh, the trainer, Justin Maher, through Logan, said Logan asked him about and she said he said, you know, I don't like the sound of that she should go to the emergency room. And, and, you know, Logan said, I don't think she doesn't feel that bad. You know, so the trainer was very adamant to get her to the emergency room. And that was could have saved her life. I don't think that's being too dramatic. She's fine now. And, and, and this is another thing, Lawrence, we talked about this as far as finding out about your head coach, finding about your operation. Logan Ryan, who's been with the Patriots, you know, he's been on class operations. He said Joe Judge went to him and said, oh, that's a man's jam. If you need to go to Florida, don't worry about football. Go back to Florida. Logan Ryan researched it with his wife and said, OK, I think she's going to be OK. And he said, I'm extremely grateful for this organization organization, and for Joe and everyone to understand there's bigger things than football, especially this year. So Logan Ryan's, if, if he's back next year, he wants to be a part of this. This is, you know, we, we all roll our eyes when we talk about culture with teams. This yeah. is part of the culture. This is important. Very, very important. And, you know, Ronnie Barnes and Steve Canelli and Justin and Mike and those guys, Ronnie Barnes to me and, and, and to a lot of people is the best trainer in pro football. He's been there for 40 plus years. This doesn't surprise me. I mean, the, these people are a resource of information. When I was a player, anytime something was wrong with me, my kids or my wife, I would call Ronnie. I don't care what time of night you call Ronnie Barnes, he's going to pick the phone up. And the, these people are your family. I love Ronnie Barnes and Justin and Mike and Steve and them like, like brothers, like teammates. I mean, they are your teammates. And so uh, I'm just happy that the outcome was good for uh, Ashley and, and, and Logan for their family. That's the most important thing, right? And I love that you got to see Joe Judge, the disciplinarian today, right? Handling the Tate thing. And then you get to see the human side of these guys with family and the father side of Joe Judge saying, hey, go take care of your wife. Family's the most important thing. That makes its way into that locker room. It really does. And guys, that's why guys play hard for him. That's why Joe Judge's football team is playing hard for him right now. It, it, there's an equity, Lawrence. They don't have yeah. equity in winning, but there's an equity nope. that, that you know, a lot of these players will be here. A lot of them won't be here. But I think you are like picking up stones on the beach and you're picking them up and you're picking them up. And that's what Joe Judge is doing. And he didn't do this to Logan Ryan for, for equity. He did it because he thought it was the right thing to do. But yeah. you're right, Lawrence. Because I, I think early in Tom Coffin's career, the players did not, he did not have that equity in the players. And they didn't want to run through the wall from him. They didn't love him, you know. And and then he he morphed into something different. And I can't tell you more, you know, I can't say this better than you can, but he became a coach that you said, okay, we're going to the mat together with this. And, and Joe Judge, he's not there yet. It's only his first year, but it's very interesting to see these seeds that are that he's planting to see what what flourishes in the years to come with this guy. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And and Tom Tom was a great example of that. I fortunately did not get to meet Mean Tom because I got there the year after he had a come to Jesus moment with his wife and the media. So I was happy to uh, meet Tom on better terms. He he was he was Mean Tom. I'm telling you, he was. Yeah, he was, I heard. He was, I saw the videos. Was, yeah, he was. He was. Uh, you know, I mean, people thank Tiki Barber for calling it out a little bit because it kind of changed, helped Tom Coughlin change. You know, he really did. He is a dog. So the one in seven Giants go to Landover, Maryland Sunday at 1 p.m. to take on the two and five Washington football team. The Giants are favored on the road in this game by three points. Starting with you, LT, break down the game for us and then give us your prediction. Okay, so we Daniel Jones is three and oh, three of his four wins are against this football team. Different players. This Washington team is scary. 
They're coming off a bye week. We're on a short week. They're rested. That defense is good. I think they they blew out Dallas 25 to 3 or something last time they played. I uh I'm not going to pick the Giants. I know that may surprise some people. This Washington team, in my opinion, they're the best team in the NFC East. And I think they're getting better. Kyle Allen has played okay. He's uh his only pick was against us and I think you remember the pick to Bradbury, but he's controlling the game and they're winning this game with their defense. So I'm going to go Redskins close game. 24-20. Come on. Uh, Lawrence, are you uh, dipping into something there? A little. Uh, I, you, are, are I, you, I think I'm wearing huh? this media hat too much, huh? Paul. But uh, I'm just not ready yet. I'm just not ready to pick them yet. No, are you are you dipping into like some uh, kind of beverage or something? Or are no. You, are you, no, no, no. I, I, this wait do you see this Washington team is good. I think they're good. Did you say the word scary? Scary? What word did you say? The, the defense. So, I mean, we uh, only had we only had 200 yards against them at home. I no, mean. I understand. They have a good front. They have do have a good front. You know, Chase Young. You know, and and don't forget they were mitigated a little bit the first time they played them i'm gonna pick the giants i, I look this is a, a big big game but oh what do you mean oh they they've won what they've giants have won one game against they, they always beat washington we're going uh, away from you're not gonna pick them until they win i thought maybe well they already won a game they're not okay. i'm not gonna pick them until they play someone other than washington uh, <laughs> okay you know now it's interesting ron rivera was talking about you know it's hard to match up with this giant team because you're gonna get probably eight different offensive linemen. So his guys have to, Shane Lemieux is going to play a little bit this game. And, and so, you know, I don't know if Will Hernandez is going to be back in this game. So th- there's a lot of moving parts. Uh, I, the, the Giants are showing us, they're showing us that they're competing and they're, and you said it last week, they're getting better and they're improving. I think that continues against Washington. They know how to win in FedEx field. I think they win 24, uh, 20. Uh, How's that? Okay. Just the opposite of what I bet. That's fine. Well, I'm the opposite of you in a lot of ways. (laughs) (laughs) To be completely honest, guys, I was way more scared of Tom Brady. So we gave him a run for his money. So I'm going 23-10 Giants. Ooh. Yeah. I believe in the Giants defense more than than anything else. All right. And I'll. I'll take the Giants as well. I think they edged out 20-17 to 17 by a, a field goal by the Scottish man. Uh, I, I am terrible at the accent. Man, if, if you if you don't tune into the end of the show, you're missing out on Tynes' Scottish accent. So that should give you some ideas to uh, tune into the end. So I'll take 2017. Coming up next, it's about that time. It's Tynes time. It's on a rack attack. On this edition of Tyne's Time, I'm, I want to talk about the one regret I have leaving professional football. Every athlete that plays at the highest level wants to go out on their terms with no regrets. Unfortunately, I think 99% of us leave with one or the other. In 2012, the Giants approached me about an extension, a contract extension. Uh, I ultimately ended up getting one. It was a four-year extension, really good money, top 10 money in the league. But I had had a really good five, six seasons in in New York and kind of wanted to see what free agency was like. So I asked the Giants if I could you know, go to free agency, see what's out there, and then kind of come back maybe with a different number, see if they would match it. And they're like, yeah, of course. So... I go out to free agency. Free agency in 2013 was horrible. It was really, really bad. It was. I talked to the Niners. I had some talks with a couple other teams, but really nobody signed a long-term deal, and free agency in general sucked in 2013. So go back to the Giants, and they had very quickly signed Josh Brown. 
So I was like, whoa, you guys told me, and I won't mention names here, but you can figure out who it was. He goes, well, yeah, we signed Josh. So that offer is no longer on the table. And I was like, wow. You know, I thought it was a little bit disrespectful because what he told me prior and then what he told me after was obviously two different things. But that's not my regret. That's business. That's football business. It happens. I get it. It's really, had I signed that deal during the season in 2012, I was only 61 points away from being the Giants' all-time leading scorer. I'm currently second. Pete Gogolak is still the all-time leading scorer. So really, my one regret is not financial. It's not, sure, I wish I could have played more years with the Giants. It's really being second place on the scoring list. And so I, I really have no regrets outside of that. Two Super Bowls, a lot of great teams, great people. So a lot of great things, but that is my one regret, not being the New York Giants' all-time leading scorer. Joining us next is another Giants Super Bowl champion. He was a member of the Super Bowl 46 championship team. He was a safety and he played on special teams as well. He was on the Giants in 2010, 2011. He also played for the Packers, Jaguars, and Washington. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Will Blackman. He's also a wine connoisseur. Red, white, vino, rosé. He knows it all. Where you can check him out at the Wine MVP at the Wine MVP on Twitter. He's a good follow on Twitter. I know him from Twitter well because he is the Sneaker Shouts God. He's uh, you know, he knows all the kicks and all the deals at Sneaker Shouts. Now there's a Vino Shouts for all the wine. And he also did play a day in the CFL, maybe had a little poutine while he was up there. It is Will Blackman joining Blue Rush. Will, it's Jake Brown, Lawrence Tynes, and Paul Schwartz. Welcome to the show. How are you? <laughs> Jake, what the what was that? <laughs> I don't. It was a very last minute, uh, just a bunch of mumble jumble I put together. So I hope it worked for you. Well, all good. Actually, Sneaker Shops is, is my buddy Ivan. He owns that page. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just helping him out. And you said I had what in Canada? I said you had some poutine. If you were there a day, poutine is the big uh, the big food in uh, Canada. <laughs> You never had poutine? It sounded like something else. That's what I said, too. I know. Listen, this is a a PG-rated podcast. Sometimes we throw some bleeps in there. Sounds like... Sounds like something for single men. That's not I am a single man, so I had all sorts of poutine in my life. But um, poutine is actually, it's fries essentially, what is it? Fries with gravy and cheese curds, melted cheese curds on it. Very yes. good. Um, but it is a Canada special, but I've had it here in Queens as well. Anyways, welcome to the show. Uh, what are you up to these days? First off, I know you're this big wine guy. You're going to school for wine now, right? Yeah. You know what? I think I, have, think I graduated from the word connoisseur. You know, I feel like connoisseur is someone who just enjoys wine, collects wine. But I actually have gone to school for wine. I have my uh, W set Wine and Spirits Education Trust. I have my level two certification with the merit, and I just finished my level three. Um, and then I also passed my level one Court of Master Sommelier exam in the winter. So I will say that I'm a little more advanced than just a simple connoisseur. Um, and now, yes, I have my own wine business called the Wine EVP, which is where I do personal concierge for whoever and anyone. But I also have a subscription club, which is great for people trying to get into wine and who want to learn more about wine, because that is the main base I am a wine educator. Giants fans needed drink through this season. They're one and seven. They stink. They're losing. I mean, do you have any recommendations of your finest wines for Giants fans as they cry on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays? 
Moonshine is the greatest beverage for times like this. <laughs> 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 no, you know what, though? It's like, I don't know, like every franchise has to go through it. You know, it's, it, it's just what it is. But the cool thing is, like, they, I feel like they have some sort of, like, culture there with, with Judge. And, like, they, they're competing. They just, right now, they just don't have the talent. So, you know, that's, that's, that's what's tough. Yeah, and you're exactly right. Will, LT, hey, thanks for coming on. Let's go into this football team. I know you watch a lot of football. What do you see from mainly Daniel Jones? And obviously they're depleted of talent. But do you do you like what you see when you watch Daniel Jones play football? I mean, you play DB, right? Do you, you Does he scare you? Do you think he's a good player? Do you think he's going to be a good player? Yeah, I think I think in due time he'll be, in due time he will be a good player. It's just, it's just different now because all these young quarterbacks are playing now. And then you're having these young quarterbacks who are having immediate results. You know, if this was Daniel Jones in, let's say, 2008, then no one would really be complaining about this. You know, it's like, okay, give him a few years. You know, he'll pan out. They'll get more more talent. But when you got guys like Mahomes winning Super Bowls and MVPs and Lamar winning MVPs already, it's kind of like, no, we're, we're trying to win now, you know. And so this is going to be a huge offseason for Gettleman alone. Because it's kind of like, okay, you get your young quarterback and then year two, year three, while the cap is still friendly, you got to go get people and build around him and went now. Like, that's the game. Hey, Will, it's Paul. It's good to hear from you. Uh, I've covered so many Giants teams, and obviously the ones that won Super Bowls, are they just resonate differently. You know, I, we have Lawrence as a co-host here, and, you know, it's like the Pied Piper. You know, guys want to talk because it's such good memories. You know, that team was such an unusual team. I think you were seven and seven after 14 games. Isn't that right? In 2011. I, believe, um, I know we had, I know we had a weird losing streak. Yeah. I mean, seven and seven, you know, not really. And, and that, you know, that Victor Cruz game, you know, everyone talks about that Victor Cruz game. And I love hearing from players who were there and, and they say, where were you on that 99 yard, you know, obviously you're not on the field, but it was such a, you know, probably one of the top 10 plays in Giants history. What do you remember about that? And really, Victor Cruz ran 99 yards, and you guys basically weren't touched the rest of the year all the way into the Super Bowl. It was just an incredible situation. Yeah, I think Victor had about five of the top 10 Giant plays that year alone. <laughs> you know what it was? I mean, we could talk about Victor and just how he, he capitalized and, and really grown, you know, from being undrafted, what have you. But like you said, that the, the reason why the, the team is different is I just feel like we had a lot of, um, like, I, we always say grown-ass men, you know, like determined adults. Like, we had a lot of guys that were just self-driven. They understood the big picture. They held each other accountable. And it was kind of like that's what it was. Like, we, we had such a strong locker room that if you were, like, a lot of the issues never even made it to Coach Coughlin because we handled it ourselves. You know, and so that was the energy in the locker room. That was the energy on the team. That's why, you know, guys were able to succeed in different spots. Um, so just to bring it, because we're still, you know, we're still talking about the team today. And that's kind of what it is right now is like you just have a lot of guys out there playing, you know, guys just playing. There, there aren't, you can't just sit there and look around and be like, okay, this guy is the leader of the team. This guy is this guy, you know. There is none of that right now. You just have guys just playing hard, all on the head coach right now. Right now, I don't see any player ownership. And eventually, when that happens, that's when things will start changing. You know, it's interesting. You said grown-ass men on that 2011 team. There's another word that, you know, your uh, backfield secondary mate, Antro Roll, used. He said dog, right? Not D-O-G, D-A-W-G, dog. And, you know, that that resonated in that locker room, I'm sure. And, and 
When you talk about what that team had, that dog, and you're right, what this 2020 team, they don't have a lot of dogs. What is that? What is the definition of D-A-W-G on that 2011 team? No, you know what, though? I, I think there are some guys on that team that, that compete, you know, and, and that's, that's the dog. The dog is the ultimate competitor. And I just feel like there are guys that are, that are competitive and that have shown some ability to have a dog. But the reason why I say grown men, because, like, this is still a professional business. You know, this is the wins and losses business. You know, like Coach Bienemy said, he said, we don't – we don't – the numbers don't matter. He said, it's the alphabet. <laughs> he said, it's W and L. Those are the most important things. And it's just little – like, little details or even little communications or, or just how – like I said, I'm not around them. I don't know their daily schedule, but you can see when they put product in the field. I know this is a giant show, but I look at someone's roster like the Cowboys and how they have talent on their roster, but – you know damn well that they are not spending any time or any energy or whatsoever together, which is why they are terrible. So, it, you know, the team is young. The team is still building. But, you know, it's just unfortunate nowadays, like I said, with the hot young quarterback, the window is very, very small. Yeah, and it doesn't help uh, the Cowboys when their quarterback is the name of probably somewhere I've gotten chicken parm over the course of my life um, at Danucci's. Uh, Will Blackman joining <laughs> us here on Blue Rush. Will, uh, you know, you were a teammate of Lawrence Tynes. Do you have any stories or memories playing with him? Any any dumb things he de- did? Any good memories? He was no, a dog. Fortunately, for, no, fortunately, yeah. fortunately for Lawrence is that his, uh, his counterpart was Steve Weatherford, so Steve took all all the attention <laughs> so lt just showed up and did his job but it was all steve being weird <laughs> hey because all anyone wanted to talk about after that nfc championship game was steve weatherford and i'm like i'm the one who kicked it but he was the one like on tv you know mouthing i'm going to the you know what and <laughs> the, the truth comes out wanted. the truth comes out <laughs> yes that's all that's all anyone wanted to talk about listen he made a hell listen he made he made a sweet save now he made a sweet save on that that uh that hold now. Yeah, we're gonna have Diossi on the show and talk about that bad snap too. Yeah, at and, some point. And you know what? Uh, well, I think that Lawrence was a little bit jealous of the physique of his punter. You know what I mean? No, nah, he you wasn't. Th- he definitely yeah. wasn't. Nah, 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 that's nah, a way, that takes he's, way he's, too he's, much time. Listen, Lawrence is European. He don't care about that. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, yeah, I was like dad bod before dad bod. I was like better yeah. than dad bod, but not much better. No, he, no, he, no, once he likes that uh, cigarette smoking bod, you know, like if you're in France somewhere, you just don't even care. The Anthony Bourdain bod. <laughs> wow, that is a new one. <laughs> Will it. Blockman has adapted the Anthony yes. Bourdain bod. Bourdain <laughs> bod. We're going to have t-shirts come out out of this. Jeez. <laughs> Amazing. Oh man, are are you still uh, are you still Will on Coughlin time the rest of your life, or were you not with the Giants long enough to be on Coughlin? Time? I was I was never on Coughlin time. <laughs> Why never? <laughs> yeah, you were. I bet you were in that building. I was, but uh, I'm not living my life like that. He's Coughlin's not even on Coughlin time anymore. He's not. Hey, let's flip the script to defense. I know we talked about some dogs. That's kind of our cool word on the Dog. show. We use it all the time. Dogs. Hey, I liked. Do you like Jabril Peppers? I mean, you're a DB who. Logan Ryan, Bradbury. I mean, this secondary's got some talent. No, I, I like the bro. I like the bro even in high school. He's a local boy, right, over there uh, in Jersey. And um, I like him in high school. I like him in Michigan. Um, I just feel like um, he's the type of player because he, he – it's funny because he is very, very gifted. He is way more athletic than people know, uh, hence why he's still returning punts. But he's the type of player where he's so talented, he needs to be challenged. Because uh, I feel like right now – He's, I feel like the game is still moving pretty fast for him 
he's probably not making as many plays as he should because he he reminds me of a honey badger. Like he can be just as effective as somebody like that. Um, he can do a lot of the same things that Antero used to do for us uh, when when we were playing. So I definitely see him as a versatile player. It's just a matter of getting somebody. You know, I don't know how they're coaching, but get somebody to challenge him because once he gets someone to do that. I mean, sky's the limit for him because he's he's very very talented. Hey, Will, when you when you look at the Giants or look at any team, and and you want to say, is this a team that's well coached or a team that's not well coached? You know, Giants fans are kind of high on Joe Judge, even though his record is one and seven, right? So it's kind of counterintuitive. The team doesn't win, but they kind of sort of like the coach. When you look at this team, does it look like it's a well coached, cohesive team, or do you see some issues there? I see that I see I believe that they're a well coached team. I just feel like they just don't have enough talent, you know, and they haven't really spent enough time together. You know, it's like Philly Philly doesn't have any talent, but they are still able to find ways to somehow compete and still win late or even be in it when need be, because they've been together for a while, right? They they have that nucleus, they have that that coaching staff, they have a Super Bowl ring. Of course, I mean, um, obviously Nick Foles, where Carson Wentz was on the team playing at MVP level. So just right now, everyone's still trying to figure it out. Everyone's still trying to learn and understand how it is. So, I mean, like I said, they're playing hard, but it's, it's really hard when you don't have enough talent. You know, if they had the talent that they, that they should have, that they would have, then they would have won the game against Tampa. I just knew Tampa was going to somehow figure it out at halftime and get it done because they just, they're just a better team. Hey, uh, yeah, it's amazing, right? You you beat Brady. Your team beat Brady uh, in 2011. The Giants beat him in 2007. And Brady beats the Giants in 2020. You know, it's it's like <laughs> some, some things are it's just remarkable. Hey, Will, do you have a, a, a one moment or maybe two moments during that Super Bowl run where it kind of hit you and it was like, man, I'm going to the Super Bowl or I'm in the Super Bowl or I'm going to get a ring, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah, I think um, I think it really the biggest thing that hit me is when I went out for warm ups because you just see how crazy it is. Like you can't even get on the sideline. There's so much, so much media is there, so many people there. It's just, it's just absolutely insane. And the reason why that stood out to me is because I was, I was with the Packers uh, previously. You know, I always say that every time a new coach takes over a team, he kind of has like this the four year plan. You know, he has four years to get a title, or people start looking somewhere else. And it was the fourth year in 2010 uh, when I was on the Packers. And that's the year, you know, my knee wasn't doing well and I ended up getting released. And that's the same year they actually went on and won the Super Bowl. So I missed the ring with them. And so to come back next year with New York, um, just to go out there for once and just see the festivities, I thought that was that was pretty cool. And then to go to my locker and see Seal and Heidi Klum was pretty cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Will, Will, how does it – this has to rank at the very, very top of your list. How does it feel to be the number one ranked all-time NFL player from the state of Rhode Island? I mean, that has to be near the top. That's, of your... like, that's, that's a round of why do, why, why, do, why do I send this uh, – of sarcasm. Can I swear on this? <laughs> we'll, we'll bleep it out. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 guy, the, guy from Edin, the guy from Scotland is ranking on a guy from Rhode Island, right? Listen, there's a lot going on in Scotland. There's a lot going on in Scotland. You, you just said a country versus the smallest state. That's not even close. <laughs> Do you guys play eight man? Or it's a, it's a fair it question. I mean, there's got to no, be some it's pride. Not a, it's, not, it's not a fair. That's, why is that even on the list? It wasn't. I actually All just right. came up with it. I know you did. I tell you what, tomatoes, though. Hey, tomatoes for you. I tell you what, though. I tell you, I tell you what, though. There is, is nothing like nothing like being an alumni from the Scottish Claymores. I tell you that, though. Yes, that that's is. right. 
That is some <laughs> hey, that's some high praise there. I think I'm the only player on our team. Dante Hall was there the year before me, though. So there's some good alumni. Did you do NFL Europe or no? Uh, it was I was over by the time I showed up. Will, uh, we know you got to get to uh, your get your black belt in wine. So I, I, I'm, I'm a white wine Who guy. That? That's that is all. Right that is <laughs> he's level, leveling that up. Is, he's going to level three. That is a that is a that is an unripe tomato right to the forehead too. That was terrible. <laughs> Listen, My black belt in wine. I, I I don't know the wording. I tried connoisseur and I got knocked down for that. So I'm trying to change it up. Uh, I like the word connoisseur, expert, um, guru. It's, I'm not my vocabulary doesn't go much further than that from my Hofstra education. <laughs> um, Will, uh, give me. I'm a white wine guy. Do you have like a Mount Rushmore of white wines for us? A Mount Rushmore of white wines. Well, I like I like Burgundy white wines. Um, like I like Chablis. Uh, you can go down to like Rui. I like obviously Germany uh, with the Rieslings there, and then I found some really cool Chardonnays in like South uh, Australia. Um, they got some really cool ones too. So yeah, and I like Salterne. I like the sweet wines down in the upper hill. So I don't have Rush Must or Rush Mount, whatever it is. What is it? How you say it again? Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. There you go. Sorry, okay. dude. <laughs> All this connoisseur talk got you thrown off here. You know? No, the the no the nonsense in Canada is throwing me off. That's what it is. Poutine. Go get yourself some poutine. You could change the word <laughs> up a little bit. It might mean something else to, to some others, but it is a great food to uh, go with some good chicken fingers. I will tell you that from a fat man himself, Will Blackman. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Will Blackman. Check out the Wine MVP. On Twitter, Will, uh, we appreciate you checking in with us. It was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Sounds good. Thank you. Throat coat. And that will say cheerio to episode 49, the Tom Landry edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Sarah McCrory for producing the show. Subscribe to Blue Rush or wherever the hell you get your pods. Give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. For Paulie Schwartz, I'm Lawrence Taines. Chat with you all again on Monday following the Giants-Washington matchup. Enjoy the game, folks, and stay safe.